This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Let's fuck this shit. What's up? What's good? How are you? I've had a day. My feet smell really bad. Why? Were you wearing shoes that were bad for your feet? I don't know what the deal is. They just, I can like smell them. I'm very tall and I can smell them from all the way down. This is really gross. I'm sorry. I'm talking about this I guess. If you have any suggestions for like how to get rid of the shoe stink, like, please let me know. I don't. My feet have actually never smelled. Like, I don't believe life. that. No, I'm, I'm serious. Do you not sweat? No, I sweat. They just like don't. I just I think I'm genetically predisposed to not have smelly feet. Wow. It's like a genetics thing, I think. That's really cool. Makes you blonde and your feet not smell. I'm genetically extremely depressed and anxious, but at least my (laughs) feet don't smell. So like we've got something going for us, folks. My feet are not the worst part of the day. I got in trouble today at work for, uh, specifically for, number one, going to the bathroom too much. Cool. (laughs) Normal. Uh, Normal ass world. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. And also for having uh, Gchat up on my computer. Who are you talking to on Gchat? (laughs) (laughs) I was talking to you. (laughs) Christina got in trouble for passing notes. I did. Oh my god! I did, like I and I talked to Audrey on GChat because I don't want to open Twitter on the computer, and I neither do I. Right, and like we talk so much that I can't just text her. Like right. we have to, we're codependent. Yeah, like, sorry. What it needs I'm to be to a say. constant. It needs to be constant stream of consciousness. Yeah, that has to be accessible to us at all times. So I don't know what I'm going to do now. I'm going to write Audrey letters when I'm at work. Here's what we're going to do. I am going to... So I used to work with high school kids, right? Okay. Here's what the youths are doing today instead of passing physical notes in class. Because they all have computers and tablets now in class. What? They do. They let them have computers in class? Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Like in Arlington County, where I went to middle school and high school, you get... The school gives you a laptop. That's tight. You can't, like, get on Facebook or get on, like, you know, there's all these firewalls, which obviously kids can get around because we were already doing that on our phones in 2010. So what they do now is they get on a Google Doc and they share a Google Doc with their friend and they just type back and forth on the Google Doc. Oh, my God. (laughs) That's so good. We should do that. I know. Just a little tip from me to all of our listeners. Wow. The kids, they really got it together. They know what they're doing. 
That's so smart. Uh, this is why I hope a Gen Z kid kills me. I hope that anyone kills me. I would welcome <laughs> death right now. How are you? I'm fine. Let's see. Update on my life. Um, the exterminator came, and so I we think we have no more mice anymore. So no more mice in my bed, hopefully. Um, also, here's the other update on the mice. I hung out with my mom last weekend. Oh, my God. And my mom said to me at dinner, so I heard there was something about a mouse in your bed. And she was referencing something that I had tweeted. She was like, somebody told me that you had a mouse in your bed. Okay, here's my problem. And I'm getting on my soapbox right now. Don't fucking snitch on me to my mother about any of my tweets. Why would you do that? First of all, Audrey, your handle on Twitter is your first and last name. I mean, like, she knows how to Google me. And my, my mother, trust me, has seen my tweets in the past and has begged me to stay off the internet. But somebody, somebody is feeding her this information. And so what I've done in the past week is <laughs> blocked all of my immediate family members on Twitter. God damn. I just can't have you snitching on me like that. Like, it's just... There's a difference between what I want to tell the internet and several thousand of my closest (laughs) friends and what I want to tell my mom. She shouldn't be able to see it. People should have to, like, sign up a subscription service. I should have to give you a secret, like, a verification code to be my tweets. This is what, like, a private Snapchat is, but for your tweets. Right. I have a story similar to this. Okay. So my mom's Laura. like neck yeah, Laura. Dude, I love my mom Laura. number one hates my tweets. Hates them. Like I see her whenever I'm at home with my parents, I see my her and my dad just like scrolling Can't on their imagine iPads, why. looking at my tweets, just getting angry. Anyway, I know. Like I never tweet anything bad. I don't even say the F word that much anymore. <laughs> anyway, so our next door neighbor, like my parents' next door neighbor, is like addicted to my Twitter account. She's like a fifty year old nice lady. And does she, she like, have an account or does she just like Google you? I don't know. I could probably... I don't want to block her off because she, like, genuinely enjoys it. And, like, now it's, like, kind of funny. But for a while, my mom was like, Chrissy, Sheila can see those tweets. Like, (laughs) Sheila is reading about how you want Brad Marchand to, like, hit your back walls or whatever. (laughs) I have to see her at the supermarket and she can see all your tweets. Brad Marchand hitting your back walls is, like... It's like if somebody put all your tweets in, like, a, a summary, like, generator, that's what would come out. Brad Marchand so- hit my back walls. <laughs> oh, my God. Do you want to talk about Brad Marchand in, like, a non-sexual context? Please. The game that wrapped up last night, we're recording this on uh, the 8th of May. This did not end last night, did it? It was the night, yeah. No, that was, it was the night was, before. Jesus Christ. It's all right. Oh Time God. is a flat circle. The Bruins beat the Blue Jackets is all you need yeah. to know. That's right. And we are, I'm pretty happy about it. How about you? I honestly had no dog in this fight whatsoever. Like, could have been Mm -hmm. equally happy either way. Don't really care. But they did knock the Blue Jackets out on Monday. They shut them out 3-0 in Boston. So, great day for racism. (laughs) (laughs) To all the racists who listen to this uh, podcast, congratulations. Yeah, so they are not going into the next series, though, uh, unscathed in Game 7 against the Blue Jackets. Our little boy. The most harmless looking man in the world. He looks like he's 16. He basically is. He basically is 16. So Charlie McAvoy did, like, one of the worst hits I've seen. Did a crime. He did a crime. So he lowered his shoulder and he hit uh, Ryan Anderson. Is that his name? 
Probably. Oh, Josh Anderson. Josh, <laughs> Josh Anderson. Anderson. Yeah, they're all named. I, I literally, you said Ryan Anderson, and I was like, that sounds right. That sounds like a real player who plays for the Blue Jackets. But anyway, so he <laughs> he lowered, like, Charlie lowered his shoulder and, like, Oh, he just walled him out. In the head. And all he got was a two-minute minor for it. Everyone was pissed, and everyone knew immediately that that hit was going to get, like, he was going to get suspended. Right, for, like, like that it, was going to be at least one game. It's wild. Okay, here's what I didn't know. Like, okay. I was, I watched this game live, and I was so furious that after he lands this completely blindside hit um, on Josh Anderson, that he was allowed to stay in the game. Like, he got a two-minute minor. The rules... The league rules say that you cannot give a player a major penalty for an illegal check to the head. What? Try and connect those pieces of logic together for me. So you can only give them a minor penalty or you can give them a match penalty and kick them out of the game. There's no middle ground there. Like you can't give them a five minute major. You can give them two minutes or you can give them the entire game. That's just... That's insane because that just like leads to a situation like this where he gets a two minute and then like a suspension. Right. And the reason why they didn't give him a match penalty in the moment is because the ref said a that they didn't see the hit when it happened. And we all know that. I know. I know. Don't give me that look. I'm just the messenger. (laughs) And we all know like video replay like this is why I would argue for video replay. But we don't need to get into that. They did not give him a match penalty. And the argument was he didn't hit josh anderson with the intent to injure him okay well what did he hit it with like hugs and kisses right like out of love it's called a love tap have you ever heard of it (laughs) (laughs) love doesn't have to hurt audrey so that's the that's the rationale behind this so anyway yeah he did have a hearing and he will be suspended for game one of their series against the canes and that is a really big loss. He's a really productive player. He's their, like, top defenseman at this point. Yeah, I don't know who they're calling up. Some guy named, like, Sean. Dylan. No, it's Boston, so it's probably Sean. Ryan. Patrick. Yeah. <laughs> they're all named that. <laughs> the thing I do like about the Bruins, though, is they do have, like, a lot of hometown boys on the team. Yeah. I think that's cute. Also, I found out what uh, Charlie Coyle looks like. Ah, uh, that was your big moment of the week. You really had a revelation. Yeah, I just, like, DM'd Audrey, like, a picture of him with his mustache, and I was like, who is this? Who's this man? Oh, yeah. That's Charlie. Not that Charlie. The other Charlie. Yeah, the other Charlie is not. I mean, he's a child, so. How old is he? I bet he's 21. I'll look it up. Wait, I'm gonna Google it. (laughs) There's no reason that we can't know. He's 21. His birthday is December 21st. That's Sagittarius, I think. Yeah, he's a sag. Okay. All right. He should learn to control himself. See? The stars don't lie, people. So anyway, the Bruins are moving on. They will be playing the Canes starting tomorrow night. Uh, Tuka Rask basically won this series for them. Good job, Tuka. Good job, Tuka. And after, like, almost two series of people, like, calling him overrated and, like, a bad goalie. and I don't know. Like, I felt bad. F- I felt bad for him. I think this is the most consistent postseason hockey he's played in a very long time. Be happy for him. Don't be mean to him. So just like roll with it. I don't know. People, goalie discourse is so, I feel like goalie discourse is so toxic just all the time. I hope they don't ever read their own. Do you think they have like Google alerts set for themselves? Like, do you think they read their own press? I sincerely hope not. I I mean, like we know that there are guys out there who read their own press who are like addicted to the tweets. 
yeah. addicted to name searching. But I feel like Tugarask <laughs> is not one of those people. I feel like goalies in general probably aren't. It's just like it takes a very particular kind of person mm-hmm. to be that insane. Yeah, I'm happy for them. Uh, do you want to talk about like the upcoming series with them and the Canes? Do you want to talk about Canes Islanders? Oh, yeah. Did we not talk about Remember, that was about two years ago. It feels like that happened. Jesus. I have, like, no concept of time. That's because it was literally, it literally ended, like, six days ago. Yeah. Uh, so the Canes swept the Islanders. <laughs> Christina, I had a full mental breakdown during game four of the series. It was incredible. I was laughing so hard the entire time. I could, like, hear you all the way in Chicago. Cackling like a little witch. It started after Greg McKegg scored, and I was like, so this is the way it's going to be. And then I just could not calm down. It's like, if McKegg is getting a goal, then, like, it's over. Like, it's done. (laughs) So, yeah, the Islanders, after sweeping the Penguins in round one, had that comeback to bite them in the ass in round two. We love some karmic retribution. And I love um, getting my bracket fucked once again. Oh, yeah. I love it. And you know what this means? This means that, like, Pittsburgh got turbos swept. That's true. They got swept Swept twice as hard. They got vacuumed. Yeah, they got vacuumed. Vacuumed up and spat out. (laughs) It was, I mean, like, I watched every game of the series, and it did not look very well balanced from the start. The Islanders just, like, their offense was just lacking the entire time. It was gone. It wasn't there. They were just depending on Robin Leonard. Yeah, who was incredible. He was incredible, although we do not stand. We no longer stand. We tentatively, we uh, conditionally stand sometimes. We stand a recovering addict. We do not stand a Trump supporter. Will we see a Robin Leonard retribution arc in the future? Let's hope so. Uh, (laughs) Not counting on it, though. Yeah, I mean, so what did you think about the series? It was just like the Islanders. This was a classic, like... There was so much puck luck involved for them. And by that, I mean, they did not have any. (laughs) I mean, they must have hit the post just a billion times. And which is so frustrating. They just like couldn't. The round one series was all about like Matt Barzal, Jordan Eberle, just having this dynamic connection um, and and Mm -hmm. getting all these chances. And that just didn't happen. Um, In the second round, they were dealing with some injuries. And I think also this was the clearest example you could see of the Hurricanes conditioning and just like how they just keep going like that fucking Energizer Bunny. How okay? Like, what what makes a team like better conditioned than another one? Does Raj just like make them run laps? Is that what it is? It's their training. Like, it's their training. It's their coaching. It's everything that they're doing behind the scenes. I think, like, the the Canes just have the magic combination this year. Yeah. Also, like, how could you play for Rod and have Justin Williams be your captain and not just, like, want to die for them? I would die for them. I would die with them. I would kill for them. Yeah, I would (laughs) let them kill me. That would be be the actual. No, I just think it was interesting because, like, and I, I mean, we see that especially with Sebastian Ajo, and that's something that Sarah talked about when she was on the show. Like, Sebastian Ajo has been playing... At his peak, he was playing like 28 minutes a night. That's so many minutes. That's an example of what exceptional conditioning can do for you and like being 21 years old. But <laughs> like it's this just stamina and it's this energy that they have and they, they don't let early goals or, or bad luck like get them down. They just keep coming back over and over again. It seems like they don't take a single second uh, for granted. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? Wow. Like they know that how fat I know. Living in the moment, no phones. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if Rod lets him play Fortnite. They're probably all reading The Secret. Oh my god. Anyway, I'm very happy for them. Yeah. What has been interesting, I will say this, is the revision of history that's ah, going on right yes. now. Yeah, we're going to talk about it. The revision of history that's going on right now. We'd love like, to write a new narrative. In terms of Kane's discourse, like for I don't know how many weeks before, the, like towards the end of the playoffs and even like during the playoffs, they were saying like this team is like underrated or this team is an underdog team. Mm-hmm. They'll probably make it like three They're going to yeah fight for every inch. But I mean, they're playing the caps in the first round. It's never going to last. Like their time's running out. And so now you have all these people coming out and saying like, well, actually, they're really underrated. They have like great puck possession and blah, 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 blah. And I don't know. I'm sipping the tea. As the kids say. I mean, like, (laughs) I think everybody wants to get in on this now that they've been proven wrong. They want to go back and rewrite what they've been, like, the narrative that they've been selling about the Canes. And, I mean, again, this is what Sarah talked about when she was on the show. Like, none of this happened by accident. No. This was years of drafting and years of trades and their analytics program and their... It was all of the right things coming together at the right time, but there was so much planning and so much strategy that went into getting to this point. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people now that, let's say, you know, the Leafs are out and the Bolts, the are, Bolts out. are out and these big market teams are out, are turning their attention to the Canes and being like, oh, wow, what a fun little novelty treat. Like, let's look at this. And, um, yeah, are are trying to kind of, like, grift their way into um, this coverage. Yeah, it's it sort of brings up a more, like, another interesting conversation, which is just, like, the discourse around, like, league parody. Which, like, I, I mean, like, I have, I have not been a fan long enough and followed the sport long enough to, like, really have absorbed this. But it does seem like there's a lot invested in, like, these, building up these narratives. Mm-hmm. And now that the big market teams are gone, people are scrambling for a story. Yep. So now it's leak parody. Mm-hmm. And, like, why that's good or why that's bad. Got have something to argue about. Gotta sling those takes. And I, I don't know. I, I They've been interesting for me to read yeah. just because it really does like shake. I mean, like to me, the league is it's, the parody is a lot closer than something like a sport like the NBA or like the NFL yeah. or something like that. Also, everybody loses their mind during the playoffs, specifically mm-hmm. people who make their money off this sport. They just lose right. their minds. Not us. We don't make any money off yeah, this. Yeah. And so we're perfect. You can trust our and our takes yeah. are perfect. Never been wrong in my entire life. Speaking of which, what, are, what were your takes on our perfect boys, the Dallas Stars. They were not perfect in game seven. They sucked ass last night. Let's be real. Did you watch any of that game of like the last game of Stars Blues? I watched all of regulation time. And as soon as OT started, I went straight to bed. They were, uh, in in the words, to the tune of uh, country grammar, dog shit. (laughs) They were awful. And it was just, I mean, and honestly, it's been this way the whole series. The top line that, like, we all knew and loved in the first round was just not there. Maybe they were just betting that they were going to be done after the first round. And they were like, wait, we have to keep playing hockey in May? Are you serious? (laughs) I want to be golfing. I mean, the second period was just like oh brutal. My. I could not believe that. One shot. One shot on goal. That's like I could do that. Like you put me on skates and like I'll probably get one shot. Yeah. On goal. And you could absolutely get one shot off in twenty minutes. 
Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, the other the other like story behind this is just watching Ben Bishop just try and carry this team on his back. He we needed Ben we needed Ben Bishop in vertical mode, sideways mode. <laughs> He was in sideways mode a lot last night. He's so he goddamn. I like have to remind myself every time I see him that he's like six eight or whatever. He's it's incredible to watch him play because he's so big, but he's so fast. I mean, yeah. he doesn't like lum- He doesn't lumber up or anything. Like he's like he's zippy. Yeah. So I, how many saves did he end up making for the whole night? Like fifty something. Uh, fifty two. Fifty two. So and like you know the fifty third went in. So did uh, that's yeah. really like the sad part about being a goalie, right? It's like you can have these incredible like almost history making games, and then but it, doesn't, it matter. doesn't matter as long as one goes in. I know as long and what and what a one that went in. The stars were eliminated last night. They lost two one double overtime, which in my opinion should be illegal uh, to the Blues. And yeah, I slept through all of it. I was like, I can't, I can't be doing this again. It was a very precious hometown. It was really nice. Winner. So Pat Maroon, cool name by the way. Just cool. That's a good hockey name. I don't want to cancel him. So if there's anything like we should know about him, don't tell us. Like let us just have this. <laughs> yeah, he and his like precious little son were so happy. And also there was this really weird gif going around of him and John Ham like embracing in a way that I was like very intimate. Nice. John wants to kiss this man. Do not blame him. Yeah, absolutely. I've been so excited about sports that, like, I wanted to kiss someone. So, like, it, it, was, just, it was just really funny. <laughs> Pure male emotion. Anyway, I'm not happy about this one. No, I know. Whatever. It was nice, like, because Ben Bishop is from St. Louis, too. They kept showing his mom in the stands. It was really cute. Yeah, that's it's really nice. I don't know. I mean, like, the stars, yeah, they just, there was no consistency. Their best players were just absent completely. But I think that we can take heart. Especially you, Christina, because I had a premonition today that the stars are going to become your team. Oh my god, what? I think I would like that. I really, really think that they are going to be your team. Is it because I'm from Texas? Well, and also just like you like talking about them. I do. You have gone to their games and you've, you've had a good experience with them this season. And I feel like they're sneaking up on you. If Zuccarello doesn't sign again, I will throw myself on the tracks of a train. They'd be stupid to not re-sign him. I think he fits in too well to, like, not... They have a nice window now, just starting, with Miro and Hints and Jason Dickinson. These sweet <laughs> boys, these sweet teens <laughs> are going to grow up with the stars. And they also just, like, they have the cap space to mm-hmm. do some stuff this summer. And so I think they're going to make you very happy. And I just think that you should consider that in terms of a long-term commitment. You know, as a Scorpio commit or die commit or die but this sucks because we have to learn like guys on the blues now i don't know any guys on the blues except for colton prianco Pareko? Pareko, the one who went to college yeah. the hot one who went to college we love a college boy pat maroon you know pat maroon now i know pat maroon i know bennington who's like a little shit on twitter we've also do no longer stand jordan bennington nope so i'm in mourning well if it makes you feel any better We'll probably also feel like shit tomorrow because the Sharks are probably going to win game seven tonight and then we can Mm. watch the Blues. We're going to have to fucking get on board with the Blues if they play the Sharks. But maybe God's grace will shine upon me after this horrible day and the Avs will win tonight. They should absolutely do it for you. For me, only me. For you. Someone who has watched approximately one Colorado Avalanche game this year and who harasses them nearly daily on Twitter. Twitter. You need to tweet at them and ask Miko to score three goals for you tonight. Miko, please. Can I have some? (laughs) Can Can I I have have some goals? 
Can I have some goals, please? <laughs> please. Yeah, it sucks that the sharks are good. Also, what's really been funny is we've gotten a lot of heat about, like, being shitty to the sharks on this podcast. And we will not stop. I've never taken anyone's opinion we will double down. what I say. Yeah, I hate them. I hope they all... I don't... No, I don't. I don't <laughs> hope they die. Let me take that back a little bit. I hope they all get diarrhea. There <laughs> we go. And lose game seven. Awesome. This is another series, yet again, where we haven't watched it because it only happens at four in the morning. Do you want to take some calls? Hey, bunnies. It's Catherine. Uh, me and my family are getting just an inordinate amount of delight from the fact that there are no Canadian teams left in the playoffs. Is this, like, just a Detroit thing? Since we're so close to Canada, or is this, like, a normal feeling? Because uh, I've asked some of my friends from Illinois and everything, and they think we're just being, we're just uh, taking delight in others' misery. Um, and I need confirmation that this is a good and pure feeling for us to have. Okay, thanks. Bye. That Catherine is called, and I'm going to say this wrong, Schadenfreude. <laughs> Did I say it right? <laughs> Scadden, freedom. <laughs> Betty Friedan. That's what it's called. There you go. Uh, it rocks. It's awesome. I don't think that Canadian teams should ever, should they, they should all be <laughs> disbanded. <laughs> we should move them all to, to American cities. Yeah, let's get let's get the Canucks and uh, hmm, let's let's pick like a really weird team. Kansas City them. Canucks to Kansas City for Mallory. Oh my God, Mallory would love that. Let's get the Jets, but Thrasher. The Jets are going back to Atlanta. Yeah, the Leafs are going Houston. Yeah, the Leafs are going to Houston, and the Flames are going to Albuquerque. Hell yeah! Also, we forgot about the Oilers. The Oilers are staying in Edmonton. <laughs> <laughs> They're the only team that Canada to can stay. keep the Oilers. Yeah, I think it is a normal feeling though, because like you know, hockey's a, like this their is the thing. best country in the world. Yeah, we're very patriotic and funny. <laughs> And also, it's like their football, and it's kind of funny to like beat them at their own. It's game. great to take things away from people. I'm a completely spite based person, so I really, I really jive with this opinion. It's cool to see, especially this playoff series, to see so many people get mad because small market American teams are doing well. The Canes, the Stars, the Blues, uh, the Blue Jackets. The Blues are not a small market team. I okay, St. Louis, Missouri versus okay. Toronto. Versus Calgary. Yeah. How many people are in Calgary? Calgary? I feel like it's like it's the top five city in Canada. Don't correct me if I'm wrong about that. We don't need, I to, don't know. need to know. Anyway, it's good. Fuck Canada. Fuck it. Even though we are going. And I am going to go to the post office tomorrow. Oh my god, you need to. Your passport. Oh wait, hold on. Let me check mine right now. I mean, like, I'm going to do it this week. Wait. I'm live on air checking to make sure that my passport is not expired. By the way, don't forget, this Sunday is Mother's Day. So. <laughs> Just a little tip from us to you. Yeah, we're all remembering things. Are you good? October 12th, 2021. We're good. Bitch. Do you want to see my picture? Yeah, mine's from me in high school. Mine's also from me in high school. Oh my god, look at this little baby. I didn't know your middle name was Anne. Audrey-Anne. Hey, bunnies, this is Mike again. I'm still struggling to accept the reality that uh, Big Save Dave wasn't enough to get the Flames out of the first round. It's going to take some time. Anyway, in the last two years, we've seen some really uncommon GM performances in the NHL. Two years ago, you have George McPhee in Vegas putting together a team out of spare parts and taking them to the cup final. 
And then this year, at the trade deadline, you had Yarmo all-in Kekalainen mortgaging the next however many years of Blue Jackets draft picks in order to, uh, you know, make a really risky play to get Matt Shane and Ryan DeSingle and all those people. And then he ended up sweeping the lightning in the first round. Do we know definitively right now if one of these GM performances is more impressive? The Blue Jackets, we're still not sure how it's going to end for them. Maybe they will be sunk by the Bruins' boat. Maybe they'll sink the Bruins' boat. We don't know. But do you think right now we can say whether Yarmo or George McSee was the more impressive GM, or do we need more time to say? I'll take my answer off the air. McPhee is the choice yeah. here. I mean, it's unfair for us to answer this question because it was sent into us before the Blue Jackets lost this week. But like, yeah. <laughs> so the, there's two. These two GMs had like two very different situations yes. to me. So and what George did, George, like he's my friend, our close friend of the pod, George McPhee. <laughs> yeah, friend of the pod, George McPhee. Uh, he exploited essentially how stupid most NHL GMs yeah, are, which to, rocks. Like, snatch. A- which rocks like he's like a trickster god of the nhl mm-hmm. and snuck a lot of really talented guys who were either just like underperforming due to like their line mates or something and honestly got some people who like just should have been protected yeah. in in the expansion draft mm-hmm. and what kaikalainen whose name i think i just said wrong that's fine he is in a sort of different situation because it was a do or die move mm-hmm. you're not going to get any more years and also it with... didn't pay off that's the main difference and here off. and i mean like obviously hindsight is 2020 but we can say now like you know we're two days out from the blue jackets being eliminated panarin and bobrovsky they're not like they're not gonna resign uh especially bobrovsky is out like he is practically already in fucking miami and panarin who's said in his like post-game interview like (laughs) nobody knows what's gonna happen come on man oh my god i respect you going for the oscar nom but like yeah. yeah, I think what's going to happen with Bobrovsky, actually, is I think they're going to uh, sign and trade him. You think? So that's when a, a, te- a team uh, basically signs uh, one of their players and then immediately trades them for picks, usually is mm-hmm. what happens. And that makes a little bit more sense for someone like Bobrovsky, who is 30. Yes. And even though like goalies play a lot longer than like most other players, it just makes it just makes a little bit more sense. Panarin has expressed interest in being courted in unrestricted free mm-hmm. agency. So I don't think a sign in sign and trade deal is going to happen for him. But he's definitely gone. I think that Duchesne is going to stay. I think that he's also going to stay. And I think that's largely like, what's interesting with him is that I think that's largely a good cultural fit for him. Just because mm-hmm. I think so he's too. super boring and he has a baby and he's super he, Christian. Is he, he the one? Was the one I was he thinking of. Yeah. yeah. I was reading, were you reading that same article? But like there was one where all he cares about is faith, fishing, and like something else. Family. Family. That's right. Yeah. Ew. The three Fs. Three things I, I have no interest in whatsoever <laughs> so i think he's gonna say because like columbus is boring and he's boring and i mean matt duchene had a great like for for his first appearance in playoffs ever he had a great performance right. um so they would be stupid to not try and re-sign him and i think they're definitely gonna try and re-sign him and if he does sign with them that means he's he could become their number one center and who doesn't want that me, I, that's too much pressure. Well, okay, that's fair. I wouldn't want that either. <laughs> I, would do, I would do well on the third line, I think. I'd be like a fourth line, right shot, winger. Okay. That's me. Like a DSB. Now that I've, now that I've learned what like a left shot and a right shot is, I want to I want to say it all the time. <laughs> what do you think about Yarmo's choices at the deadline? Like, do you think that these were good choices, even though they were eliminated? 
Yes. They, okay, he had we're to. standing by this. Yes. Yeah. What else was he going to do? Right. I think it, it would have been dumb not to try. I mean, the, the reality is, is either they tried now uh-huh. and like they obviously failed. So they're not going to see the cup for even like take a glimpse of the cup for the next six years or they didn't try and then have that. Right. Up. Right. And have everybody walk away for free, too. That right, would have been exactly. a disaster. I respect big risks. I think that mm-hmm. what sucks. I would never. Take I would one never myself. take one myself. Will never take one. But I like watching other people do it. <laughs> and what sucks, I think, is that because we just saw them get eliminated, GMs are going to be extremely hesitant to do this kind of thing in the future because they're stupid. Right. So anyway, we're going with McPhee, even though, like, basically he was a product of his circumstances. There were a lot yeah. of outside factors helping helping that success along. And those are two totally different scenarios to me. What is interesting is the GM hunt for Seattle. It's going to be you or me. Obviously. Obviously, it'll be both of us. We're both in the same <laughs> desk. Same desk, chair, same chair. chair. What if we got, like, a really big chair and, like, swiveled in it together? <laughs> what if we got one that has, like, one on on both ends <laughs> so we can just trade be sitting at the computer? That's, like, some, like, Sailor Moon Village <laughs> shit. Like, you press a button and Running you can, like, Running the fucking Seattle salmon or whatever they're going to be. Um, yeah, I mean, like, hey, the, the one thing that these two guys have in common is that they're two old white men. <laughs> anyway, what series are you most excited for? Either... Bruins Canes or Sharks slash Abs Blues. Sorry, that like blew my mind. I'm most excited for the East Coast final. Duh. You know what'll be great is that no matter what, no matter who wins on the West Coast, we're going to at least get some games in St. Louis. So at least they'll start earlier. (laughs) We'll finally get to watch like our enemies play. And that'll be great. Before I do our little announcement reel, uh, thank you so much for rating us on iTunes. We have 65 iTunes ratings. That's so many ratings. And that really helps us game the algorithm. And if there's one thing that Audrey and I like to do, it's cheat. We fucking love to cheat. And you know what would be great? Here's my goal. Before the end of the season, and by season I mean both the season of the podcast and the hockey season. And our lives. And our lives. What if we get 100? If we got 100. If we crack triple digits, I will bust. My heart will yeah. bust of happiness. With love. So keep reviewing us on iTunes. We really appreciate it. It helps us out a lot. So next week or whenever we decide to do it, probably Probably within the week, next five days. Because we have no lives. Uh, call in with your questions or suggestions at 774-318-6952. Tell us who the players are on the Blues. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at uh, at puckmoneys underscore pod and on Instagram at at puckmoneys pod no underscore. Uh, give us some money uh, on Patreon mm-hmm. at patreon.com slash puckmoneys. We do this every week for no money. And while I love talking to Audrey all the time. I don't hours, love talking to Christina and I would like to be paid for it. I'm sick of getting in trouble at work talking <laughs> to Audrey. So please give me $5 Please a month. fund Christina her emotional uh, labor that she has to do talking to me every day. <laughs> That's so much. It's so laborious. All right. I'm I'm Christina. Let's try that again with a little bit more enthusiasm. Uh, I'm Christina. Wow, you sold it. I'm Audrey. This has been Puff Buddies. (laughs) What if I talk like that all the time? That's my customer service voice. My customer service voice is like, hi. Um, hi. Like, it's always with upspeak. Um, hi. So my earphones, like, aren't working. I am so sorry to bother you, but. Oh, my God. (laughs) And it's like, 
just like I'm just such a sexy baby. <laughs> I am and so helpless, I'm- and I need a big, strong man to help me with this problem that I'm having. <laughs> I forgot I was still recording while we were doing this.
Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.